Well, good morning. Are you excited? I'm excited. Yeah, come on, give God a shout. Thank you, team. I appreciate your help today. Give them a warm uh, round of applause. There you go. Last week, I preached living a spirit-filled life. And I'm continuing on with that theme of the Holy Spirit. And my message today is called Living a Spirit-Led Life. The whole reason why we're meant to have a Spirit-filled life is so that we can have a Spirit-led life. Do you know, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, a person will speak. How many of you know that when anger's in you, anger comes out of your mouth? When, when prejudice is in you, prejudice comes out of your mouth. Uh, no one raised their hand. <laughs> when, when love is in you, love comes out of your mouth. When you're filled with love, when you're filled with joy, when you're filled with excitement, does depression come out of your mouth when you're filled with excitement? Absolutely not. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes... What's in our heart isn't always great stuff. And so sometimes we speak or are led by things other than the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit-filled life is so that we can have a Spirit-led life. And that is an amazing life for those of you uh, who have not yet experienced having a spirit-filled life. Over these next couple of weeks, I pray that as you hear, your heart will get hungrier and hungrier to have a deep-rooted relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you start to see not only with your natural eyes, but with your spiritual eyes. So that you start to hear not only with your natural ears, but with your spiritual ears as well. That you'll start to talk just not only out of your natural thoughts, but suddenly things will come out of your mouth that are from the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. A Spirit-filled life. How many of you think this world would be a whole nother world if everyone was led by the Spirit of God. Amen. It would be a different place. It would be a different world. We would be a different people. And yet, the Bible promises us that we can have a Spirit-filled life so we can have a Spirit-led life. Amen. If you want a spirit-filled life, I want you to let the Holy Spirit know you're open. You, you welcome it. Come on. Put your hands together. Shout, clap, dance. I don't care. Just get happy. <laughs> Amen. Living a spirit-filled life. So last week I preached the title was Living the Spirit-Filled Life. And I read a scripture from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 in particular, and it said, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And we looked up that word grieve. We all know in English what grieve means. But when we look it up in the Greek, 
the uh, Hebrew word for, sorry, the Greek word for grieve is lupeo, which means deep grief or severe sorrow. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a thing. He's not a mist. He's not a cloud. He's not just a presence. He is the third person of the Trinity. I shared on that last week and explained uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, about the triune being of God. I am flesh. You're hearing the sound of my vocal box. I have a different sound than uh, Patrice. Could you imagine if I talked to you with a high voice like Patrice? I would look a little bit and sound a little bit funny. You know me after the flesh. I have a certain gait when I walk. I remember, I'll never forget this, I was bundled up in a, do you call them parkers? A parker? Yeah, I was living in New York going to high school and there was snow everywhere, it was snowing and I'm walking to school and I'm hooded up and I got this huge parker on. How many of you know that from the back when you see 10 people in a parker just standing still, you don't know who's who, right? Okay, and I'm walking to school, all of a sudden this car pulls up behind me and it's my English teacher and uh, he was a really cool guy, we were good friends and uh, he pulls up, rolls down the window, and says, hey, Rob, get in. And I got in the car. I said, how'd you know it was me? He said, I can tell by the way you walk. <laughs> he knew me after the flesh. We all have a particular gait, a certain way of walking. I was in Lowe's the other day, and I recognized a man by the way he walked. His face had changed some, you know, 15 years later. He looked a little different. But when he turned around and walked away from me, I said, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> and uh, I was able to uh, uh, greet him. But you know me after the flesh. My kids know me after my soul. They know what dad would do and what dad wouldn't do. They know my attitudes. They know my heart. They know my goals. They know the inner part of me that makes me who I am. And they if you were to say something to them outrageous about me and say, oh, your dad did this, this, and this, and he stole a million dollars and blah, they would look you in the face with all due respect and call you a blatant liar because they know me after my soul. They know what my value system is. They know who I am as a person, my personality and my character. But then there's the spirit of me. And the spirit of me is, and the spirit of you, your spirit, that's the inner part. Everything else is the outward trappings. But our spirit is who we are deep down inside. And it allows us from the spirit to communicate with the spirit of God. Listen, the goal of this series is to awaken you from just who you are in the flesh and in the soul and to bring you in a, into a greater intensity of interaction with the Spirit of God. Because when I read the Bible, people filled with the Holy Spirit, they saw visions, they prophesied, they spoke timely things 
They heard from God and they took the advice of what they heard from the Holy Spirit and it saved them from precarious situations. Listen, when we are hearing and seeing from the Spirit, we start to live the supernatural life, which is a blessed life and an abundant life. If you've ever experienced that, give me an amen. amen. Absolutely. And so in Ephesians 4.30, Paul says, don't grieve, don't sadden the Holy Spirit. This is the triune God. Just like I am a triune person, you are spirit, soul, and body. The Spirit of God can be grieved. I talk to the Spirit of God. I talk to Him often. Jesus said, I'm going to go. As Jesus Christ, the flesh... He could only be in one place at one time. He said to his disciples, I need to go because this work needs to expand and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and he's going to lead you. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. I want to be fed, I want to be filled, and I want to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. How many of you are getting hungry for a Spirit-filled life? You see... If you and I would have, you know, when I get with my friends or if you and I were to start talking food, uh, I get hungry for what we're talking about. And that's why we preach, so that we get hungry for what we're talking about. And I want to live more and more a life that is led by the Holy Ghost. Listen, if we are led by the influences of TV, if we are led by the influence of political opinion, if we are led by the influence of media, we're going to be schizophrenic. We are going to be mixed up. We're going to be confused. We're going to be depressed. We're going to need to be popping antidepressants. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is always right. He is always the truth, and he always has the answer from God. Come on. Do you agree? Yeah. Amen. So Paul said, and I preached this last week, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And we saw last week that the word for Holy Spirit, there are four words in the Greek that are used for holy, but one of those four words is only ever used for the Holy Spirit, and that is the Hagios Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is the Spirit who keeps himself from defilement. If we want to have fellowship with the Hagios Spirit of God, we need to keep ourselves from the things that will mess us up. The Bible says that God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. But when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command, and they did their own thing. They allowed themselves to be influenced by Satan. When they followed that spirit, the presence of God ended up separating from them and leaving. Do you know when David sinned? I love the fact that the Bible's very honest and truthful. And it doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. 
I need that because I need to see that there were ordinary people in the Bible who were quirky and who messed up and screwed up like me and yet when they submit to God, the Spirit of God could come upon them and they can do incredible things. How many of you have ever screwed up? So go on, everyone should have their hands up because if you don't have your hands up, that means you just screwed up. You lied in God's house. You lied. Woo! How many of you ever screwed up? You know what that means? You qualify. You qualify. You qualify. Not because you screwed up, but God takes the broken things of this life and he pours his spirit over them. And then he uses them to make the wise and the proud and the arrogant marvel. I have no problem with the fact that I'm ordinary. Because when the Holy Ghost comes on me and he is extraordinary, people look at me and say, God is awesome. (laughs) If God could use him, God can use anybody. And that's the truth. Praise God. Adam and Eve disobeyed, weren't being led by the Spirit of God, and they followed another spirit, and the presence of God left. Now, I started to talk about David. I love the fact the Bible is very honest. It doesn't paint fairy tales. David sinned. David committed adultery. It's not a good thing. And David committed murder to hide his sin. That's not a good thing either. And then David tried to live like nothing happened. And God sent a man led by the Holy Spirit. And he told this man, a prophet, what David did. And he confronts David with a parable or parallel. He says, oh, there was a man who... You know, only had one little lamb. He was poor. This pet was really precious to him. And he lived next door to a guy who had 100,000 sheep. Now I'm making up the numbers. But he was very rich and had a lot of sheep. And a guest came to his house. And so this man jumps his fence and takes the man's little pet. And sacrifices it and cooks it up for his guest. And David was livid. David said, the audacity. That man who had everything took the one sheep of his neighbor and served it up to impress his guest. He said, that man should be hung and quartered. He should be killed. And the prophet looked at him and said, David, you are that man. When David realized he couldn't hide his sin, He penned a psalm, Psalm 54. It's a great psalm. And he says, God, I've sinned against you. Forgive me. And listen to what he says. He says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Hagios. He's the spirit who keeps himself from defilement. You see, I am saved. I'm going to heaven because I've asked Jesus in my heart and the blood of Jesus has washed away all my sin. But on a day-to-day basis, I still make a few mistakes here and there. Not a lot, 
Uh, just made one. <laughs> and when I'm quick to repent, God forgives me. But listen to me. I don't want to offend the Holy Spirit of God. And we have to live a life where we're conscious of wanting to please him and not offend him. I want the Holy Spirit to hang around me. I want him to be my bud. I want him to have influence over me. I look better when I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I, I act better when I'm speaking out of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Rob Scarallo's okay, but Rob Scarallo's even better when he's influenced by the Holy Spirit of God. How many of you, and I'm going to say, how many of you could say amen to that, but then that means you're saying amen to, I look better with the Holy Ghost. And you can't say amen to that. So can I get an amen for that? Now can I get an amen? How many of you want to look better being filled by the Holy Spirit yourself? Absolutely. Look, we don't just want, okay, we're Christians. We've asked Jesus in our heart. We're going to heaven. Listen, if I'm going to live in this crazy, mixed up, messed up, confused world, I want to be so full of the Holy Ghost that wherever I go, the Holy Spirit is speaking words through me, giving me revelation, acting out through me so that I do my part in affecting the world and bringing the spirit, the rightness, the direction of God to the world around me. Amen. Amen. And this is why we want to live a spirit-filled life because a spirit-filled life enables us to be spirit-led. I know what it is to be led by the enemy. I know what it is to be led by the flesh. I know what it is to be led by lust, to be led by fear, to be led by rejection. I know all of those things. I've done them all. I have a doctorate degree in all of those things. But I want to have a, a doctorate degree in being led by the Holy Spirit. Come on. If you really mean yes, give the Lord a shout. Come on. Amen. Absolutely. Today's message, living the spirit-filled life. You can be led by one of four influences. One of four things will influence your life. I'm going to list them here. You can be led by your natural mind and your natural desires. I told you last week how I was driving through a parking lot. Uh, uh, it, uh, it was a Lowe's parking lot. There are other stores as well. And unbeknownst to me, this lady starts giving me the finger and uh, telling me with all of her body that she wasn't happy with me. And something inside of me wanted to be led by my emotions. And I had to say, no, don't go there, right? We can be led by our natural mind and our natural desires. Romans chapter 8, verse 12 to 14 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. You have an obligation as a Christian. 
If God has redeemed you, if God has forgiven you of your sin, we have an obligation. And that obligation is to not live by my personal opinion, my personal desires. I don't always desire the right thing. I can desire wrong things. I want to be influenced so that I desire right things. Amen. And so we can be led by our flesh, by our anger, by our temper. We can be led by fear. We can be led by lust. We can be led by inferiority. We can be led by rejection. And when these things speak in our lives, they make us less than beautiful. Sometimes they make us downright ugly. When you are led by a spirit of rejection, it will take you to a dark place and you will think everybody's always against you. And sometimes the spirit of rejection will cause you to act in such a way where you push people to reject you. The spirit of inferiority. I'm no good. I'll never be any good. It's very hard to get out of that grave. I mean, it will bury you with sob stories. It will bury you with self-pity. It will bury you with the conviction that you will never amount to anything and no one could ever love you. That's a grave. You've been buried in a load of bull. I don't want to be led by the things that come out of my natural man. So you can be led by your mind and your natural desires. Number two, you can be led by your environment. And by your environment, I mean your immediate family culture. The culture of your mom, your dad, the house you live in, your husband, your wife, your kids. We can be led by our immediate family culture. We can be led by our racial culture. We can be led by our preferred political culture. And we can be led by our friend culture. And none of those come close to being led by the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, the world is led by a lot of these influences, and that's why it's so crazy and it's so mixed up. And if you were to allow yourself to be led by media, by politics, by all the things that are happening in the world, you're going to be one very sorry person at the end of the day. You won't know literally whether you're, you've just arrived or you, you just left. You can be led by the environment around you. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says, don't uh, conform to the pattern of this world. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. I have got to be very careful that I don't allow worldly thinking or secular thinking to influence my belief systems. Heck, I've even had to weed out of some of my ideologies things that were imparted to me through my family environment. See, anything that we believe that doesn't line up with the Word of God will never be Spirit-led. The Word of God is always Spirit-filled, and therefore the obedience or compliance to the Word of God will cause us to be Spirit-led. 
And so I've had to work through things that uh, were normal in my family, the things that I were taught, the actions or the attitudes that I saw demonstrated, and I had to check everything up against the Word of God because the Word of God is Spirit-filled. And when it lines up with the Word of God, I'm putting myself in a place to be Spirit-led. Amen. Absolutely. The third area of influence, we can be led by a demonic spirit, a demonic influence. In Luke chapter 4, verse 5, Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness before he started his ministry. And in chapter 4, verse 5, it says, uh, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And then he led him to another place. And he led him into one situation after another. And Jesus had to make a choice. He would either follow the leading of Satan or a demonic spirit or Follow the word of God. And you'll notice that when Jesus was tempted, every time he came back with the word of God. Because the word of God is the spirit of God. Jesus said, my words are not flesh. My words are spirit and they are life. The word of God is spirit. And so the more I align myself with what the Word of God is, says, and the more I live according to the Word of God, I am allowing myself to line up with things that are Spirit-filled so that I can be Spirit-led. Can I get an amen? amen? Absolutely. So Jesus was enticed by the devil, but he refused to submit. Now, Jesus had to go through that temptation because the Bible says that he is, like us, tempted and tested in every way. And where the first Adam failed, Jesus Christ, the last Adam, totally succeeded. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. The same way I was born into the likeness of the first Adam, now I am born again into the likeness of the last Adam. The first Adam made me a failure. The last Adam made me, made me a son of God. The first Adam made me prone to sin. The last Adam makes me prone to righteousness. Man, I like that trade-off, don't you? Come on, that's a good trade-off. Okay, so Jesus was led by the devil. Sometimes the enemy can lead us. At times, people say, well, you know, I didn't do it. The devil made me do it. No, the devil can lead you. You have to decide whether or not you submit and follow. Hello? We want to not be led by demonic influences. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. Number four, the fourth uh, influence or thing that can influence our life and lead us is the Holy Spirit. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 12 to 14, this is what Paul says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Wow. 
That's interesting. We have an obligation not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Or we can say, for those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. If you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart, I want you to put your hand over your heart right now and say, I am born again by the blood of Jesus and by the Holy Spirit of God and His Holy Spirit leads me. You see, I want to bring a very acute awareness. Who's influencing you? There are four influences that can affect your life. Your natural self, your natural desires, your environment, your culture of friends. Paul says, don't you know that bad company can corrupt even good character? Who's influencing you? You can be led by demonic entities or you can be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, the best me is always the Spirit of God filled me. Amen. The best you will always be the Spirit filled you. Filled by the Spirit of God and led by the Spirit of God. Look, there are certain things I could do in the natural and in the natural, I'm reasonably competent. I'm capable of quite an array of things. But when I allow the Holy Spirit to influence me, he takes me beyond my natural abilities. He takes me beyond my learned abilities. And he takes me into supernatural abilities. Amen. Yeah. We're living in a world that is so driven by demonic entities, the world needs the church of Jesus Christ to be driven by the Holy Spirit of God. Praise God. We can't influence the world by who we are in the natural. We can influence the world by who we are through the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. Can I get an amen? amen. So, <clears throat> one of the ways that we need to be led by the Spirit in our daily lives is by resisting sin and doing what is right. Not responding to my desires. Not responding to my culture or my way of thinking, not responding to what the world is teaching me, whether it's in school, and schools are trying to tell young people who they are or who they can be, and they are adding so much confusion to society. I want to tell you that the Word of God will tell you who you are and what your destiny is. And when we come into agreement with the Word of God, the true us will start to blossom and grow and develop and it will be seeded, it will be anointed, it will be touched by the Holy Spirit of God and it will increase our 
goodness and our abilities exponentially, supernaturally, we will start to become bigger and better than the crazy world around us. And what the world needs is for more of the influence of the Spirit of God to exist in the people of God. Absolutely, yeah, amen. That's one way that we are led by the Spirit of God. There's another way, too, that we are led by the Spirit of God, and it not only affects the decisions or the quality of decisions that I make, but it affects my performance. For example, God wants us to be led by His Holy Spirit supernaturally. So on the one hand, he wants me to listen to the Holy Spirit and not the world. He wants me to listen to the Holy Spirit and not my flesh. He wants me to listen to the Holy Spirit and not my family culture. Where those things contradict the Word of God, I must follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not prone to hearing the Holy Spirit, a good start is the Word of God. The Word of God is written by the Spirit of God. It is full of the direction of God's Holy Spirit. That's why I keep saying the more we line ourselves up with God's Word, the more we put ourselves in a position to be led by the Holy Spirit. But I want to be led supernaturally, too. I don't want to just be led by the Holy Ghost so I make right decisions and I avoid sin. I want that, very much so. But I also want to be led by the Holy Spirit so that he can use me to speak into a person's life things that I don't even know about them, and supernaturally God starts to download information about them so that I can share with them God's heart, and they could know that they've just had an encounter with God. Like when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, the Holy Spirit gave him one of the gifts of the Spirit that is called the word of knowledge. He received divine knowledge about a woman he did not know. He knew her hurts, he knew her pain, and whether God gave him all the fine details or not, we don't know, but we know that she lived a broken life. Jesus received supernaturally information that told him she's had numerous relationships and they've all failed. She's very broken. And while she's offering him natural water from the well, she's actually thirsty for a life that is fulfilled. And so Jesus takes this natural situation and with a word of knowledge being led by the Holy Spirit of God, he sees something about her life not to condemn her, but to pull her out of the hole that she was in. How many of you would like to be used in supernatural ways like that by God to help other people? Amen. That's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for. When we are filled with the Spirit, we can be led by the Spirit. Many times we see in the New Testament, not only in Jesus, but even in the disciples, they did supernatural things. 
The religious church has taught us, oh, that's only the saints, special people that you make idols of. That's funny because the Bible actually calls us saints. Not saints because we live an impeccable, perfect life, but saints because we've been redeemed from the kingdom of darkness and we've been brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Come on, can I get an agreement here? Absolutely. And so the disciples, the, the believers, not just the apostles, the believers did supernatural things. One of the reasons why the early church took off with such power was because they believed in the Holy Spirit and allowed him to influence their lives. They would lay hands. History even records that uh, secular history that it was known in the Roman Empire that if a pagan was sick, they would go and find a Christian and ask that Christian to lay hands on them so that they could be healed. Wouldn't that put Medicare out of business? I don't know what you think about our insurance system, but it's very confusing and I don't think it works very, very well. Wouldn't it be great if the church of Jesus Christ became so spirit-filled that we were spirit-led to the point we lay hands on the sick with boldness and with confidence and we release God-giving health, God-giving life. Whoa, that's for today. That's for now. That's for the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And so we want to be led supernaturally now. Just very quickly, I want to give you an ex two quick examples in um, <clears throat> John chapter 16, verse 15. Now, I don't know uh, if they put it on the screen yet, but I had written, and I noticed when I closed out my notes, it jammed everything up. I have in black, bold, we need to live a spirit-filled life so we can live a spirit-filled life. A spirit-led life. There you go. That's a key phrase. We need to live a spirit-filled life so that we can live a spirit-led life. If he's the spirit who keeps himself from defilement and I deliberately keep going back to my old way of life, he doesn't want to hang around that. He's the spirit who keeps himself from that. And so the likelihood of me being led by him decreases. But as I allow myself to have the same spirit who keeps himself from defilement, stop watching the stuff that's going to mess you up. Stop listening to the stuff that's going to affect your emotions and your attitude. Stop dabbling. Do you know, we pick at things in the flesh. Just a little bit of this, uh, just a little taste, just, a, just we're going to pick on this and that. Well, if you want to live a healthy life, you are particular about what you eat and particular about what you don't eat. Isn't that true? 
The same for living a healthy spiritual life. We have to be particular about what we eat, what we nibble on. And so if I want to be led by the Holy Spirit of God, I have to make sure that I'm not in a place entertaining and participating in things that the Spirit of God is going to keep himself from. Because if he's going to keep himself from those things and I'm doing those things, he's going to be over there while I'm over here. And the likelihood of me being Spirit-led, Holy Spirit-led in that moment diminishes greatly, doesn't it? But if I am keeping myself from the things that will defile me and I'm hanging out with the Holy Spirit of God, the probability and the likelihood of him leading me increases daily. Amen. So watch this. John 16, verse 15. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes. Do you know the Spirit of truth knows all things? Do you know that a word of knowledge comes from the spirit of truth. He has all truth. He has all knowing. The the gift of wisdom comes from the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth has wisdom. Prophecy comes from the spirit of truth. The gifts of the spirit come from the spirit of truth. And Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. It's normal to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's the church is meant to be walking in an experience where we are hearing and seeing through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Listen, there isn't a person in this house, if you had a baby or you had a a, a friend that you dearly loved and suddenly they couldn't see, you would do something about bringing them to a doctor to getting them fixed up. If they couldn't hear, suddenly you would do something to help get them back to a place where they could hear. And yet, as Christians, we don't expect to see in the Spirit. Oh, that's only for special people. No, that's for the body of Jesus Christ. Too many don't expect to hear from the Holy Spirit. That's not just for special people. By the way, every one of you are special if the Spirit of Christ lives inside of you. Amen? But that's meant to be for the whole body of Christ. So Jesus says, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He is the Spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. In the realm of the Spirit comes the realm of supernatural knowing and understanding. He will speak not on his own. He will speak only what he hears and what he will t- and he will tell you what is yet to come. The spirit of truth is prophetic. He will tell you things that are yet to come. Wow. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit so he can speak prophetically through me. Sometimes to myself, sometimes to my family, sometimes to the people around me, my friends. How many of you would like to move prophetically? 
Well, let's look at a couple of more things here very quickly. It says, if the Holy Spirit <clears throat> uh, is going to tell you things that are yet to come, we have to acknowledge that's the gift of prophecy. And if that's one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, we have to acknowledge the gifts of the Spirit are still for today. In Acts chapter 2, verse 15 to 18, this is what Peter says. The Holy Spirit just came down. Everyone got baptized in the Holy Ghost. They're talking in tongues, a language they did not learn, okay? And they're praying in tongues, and people around about are looking at them, outsiders, and they're saying, they're drunk. And Peter gets up, and he says, these people are not drunk as you suppose, it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. Everybody say, in the last days. Are we in the last days? Were they in the last days then? Are we even more in the last days? Absolutely. If Peter used this prophetic scripture from the Old Testament to signify that what was happening 2,000 years ago was part of the last days, then how many of you agree we can take that scripture and say, by golly, we are absolutely even more so in the last days? This is what the prophet Joel says. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. In the Old Testament, it was only special prophets and priests. You, the church, are meant to prophesy. He will pour out his spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. You ever stop and wonder why young men see visions and old men dream dreams? Because the dream turns in, the vision turns into a dream with an old man because he finally falls asleep. All right. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Wow. Even on my servants, both men and women, there's, there's a gender equality. Men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout. If we jump down to verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to their heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? In verse 38, Peter answered and he said, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, that's water baptism, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. If you are born again, God wants you to have a spirit-filled life so you could have a spirit-led life so that you could start to live and act and be beyond who you are in the natural and start stepping into who you are in the supernatural. Amen. 
Some people want to say, well, this was for then and it's not for now. There's two problems with that. Number one, the prophet said in the last days. And if that was last days, this is last days even more so. Number two, the holy inspired word of God says, Peter said, this promise is for you, for your children, for as many as are far off. And some people say, oh, that's people in other countries. And for all that the Lord will call. Everyone who is born again got called by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. This is ever so much for today. And what we need are lives filled with the Holy Spirit so that we could be led by the Holy Spirit. Lastly, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, if that's not enough, the Apostle Paul says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Hey, are you born again? Is Jesus in your heart? The Word of God says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially prophecy, but all the gifts. As a born-again believer, the Spirit of God wants to fill you and he wants to lead you. And when you're led by the Spirit, you have to follow. You see, if Z here were to help me say something in Spanish, how do you, how do you say, I am very handsome? Soy muy bello. So, Soy muy bello. Bello? So muy bello. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> edit that, edit that. <laughs> Too late, it's already on Facebook. So muy bello, right? Well, she led me in how to say it. But I never would have said it if I didn't follow you see, being led by the Holy Spirit doesn't mean he supernaturally takes control over you and moves you like a Barbie doll or like a Ken doll. All right? No, their names are not Ken and Barbie. Being led by the Holy Spirit means he will give you the influence you must respond. When I pray in tongues, it's a prayer language. And the Holy Spirit prays through me my head does, things my head doesn't know. Sometimes my perspective is so wrong that I could pray things that are wrong. But when I pray in the Holy Spirit, when I pray in tongues, the Spirit of God is praying through my mouth without any wrong perspectives. And that's why it's a powerful gift. Man, like Paul. Paul says, I'm glad I pray in tongues more than you all. He wasn't vain boasting, bragging. No, he's putting the emphasis. Praying in tongues is very powerful. I'm limited with my mind and sometimes my mind is skewed. But when I pray by the Holy Spirit, 
He prays things that are spot on for Rob Scarallo, for Rob's family, for Rob's church. Yeah. And so, but when I pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit influences me, but I, he's not going to use me like a robot. I must follow. I'm going to hear sounds. Look, how do I get a sermon? Do I have a quarterly put out by the Christian Association that tells me what to preach every Sunday? They might exist, but I've never gotten that subscription. Okay? Last night, uh, I had been working out in the sun all day, and at 9 o'clock, my head's hitting the table. I'm falling asleep as I'm trying to prepare the word. And so I, I thought something that I don't normally do. I said this last week, too. I had some notes that I've done in the past, and I thought, well, you know what? I need to go to bed. My body's tired. I'm going to rest, and in the morning, I'll just pull some of those verses. And so I had a sermon that I thought I'd preach. I get up this morning. I'm fresh, and the Holy Spirit says no, and he keeps leading me. How do I get a sermon? I hear an influence. Often that influence is contrary to what my natural mind wants to do. Are you hearing me? When I pray in tongues, my natural mind says, oh, that's weird. You're not in control. That's the whole idea. You're not in control. You're being spirit-led. Ever since I learned how to talk, my mother says I haven't shut up. No. Ever since I learned how to talk, my brain has been involved in every syllable. But when you pray in tongues by the Spirit, your natural brain is saying, that's not right. In fact, your natural brain works independently as you're speaking in tongues. I can think about a myriad of things. And yet, I cannot talk to you in English and think about a myriad of things. Because one is praying from the Spirit. The other is praying from the mind. You see, to be led by the Spirit, he will give you an influence you choose to follow. Mm -hmm. Satan will try to lead you. You choose whether you will follow or not. The Holy Spirit will come and give you impressions. He will influence you. He will try to lead you. You have to choose to have faith that your Father is going to give you a good gift and not a counterfeit gift. Can I get an agreement? Come on, stand with me. You say, Pastor, where are you going with this sermon? Right where I ended. There is more to the Holy Spirit. Church, the world needs us. But they don't just need people who signed on the dotted line and are going to heaven. They need people who are influenced by the Holy Spirit of God. We need prophetic words. We need words of knowledge. We need supernatural revelation so that we could start speaking into people's lives and they know that they know that they know that God is ministering to them. I don't want to have the Holy Spirit just so that I've got a badge. I can pray in tongues or I can do this. No, I want the Holy Spirit so I can be led by the Spirit so I can have influence on the world with the Spirit of God. 
Absolutely. And so the whole purpose of this series is to start to whet your appetite, to make you hungry, to make you search out the scriptures. Read it for yourself. The Spirit of God. Jesus said, I must go. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you. I want to have more of a Spirit-filled life. I want you all to have more of a Spirit-filled life. Do you know that if he does everything the Holy Spirit tells him and only what the Holy Spirit tells him, you'll never be upset with him again. Isn't that awesome? That alone is reason to pray and fast. Holy Spirit, fill him. <laughs> and you got to do the same and I got to do the same. I'm just trying to be very real here. Let's take the mysticism and the spooky out of it. Let's take the religious stuff out of it. And let's just be real. That's how Jesus preached. God wants his church to be influenced by his Holy Spirit. He wants us moving in the gifts so that the world will have encounters like the woman at the well. He wants you to have supernatural wisdom for your marriage. He wants you to have supernatural wisdom for decisions that you have to make regarding your job. He wants you to have words of knowledge as you're raising your children. They're being influenced so much. You need Holy Ghost insight so that you could speak into their lives the word of the Lord. Amen. So this is what I want you to do. This is our homework. We want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit because we're leading up to, I, I feel the Holy Spirit has told me, don't make an altar call yet for, for the baptism or moving in the Spirit. But I want you to start being conscious of talking to the Holy Spirit during the day, during the week. Talk to Him. Start being conscious of, okay, Holy Spirit, you're the Spirit who keeps himself from defilement. Normally I would watch that. And that's, you know, occasionally they let a few things rip. I'm not going to watch that. I want to associate with you. And I want to be where you are and you're not there. And the more we are where he is, the more we're already starting to be led by the Spirit. And the more we start to shut out all the other three influences, suddenly there's enough room in our soul, in our spirit, in our mind to hear from a fourth influence. And the more we shut out the other influences, the more suddenly you'll hear the Spirit of God say, you know, that neighbor, she's, something's not well. She's not been well. And you don't know this with your natural mind. I want you to cook her up something. And you think, that's crazy. I, I, that's crazy how presumptuous. She might not even like my food. I want you to cook something. And you go and do it, and you think you're nuts the whole way. You hesitate to knock on the door, but this influence keeps telling you, do it. And you knock on the door. She opens the door, and you say, I, I just felt like I needed to cook something for you. And they break down crying. 
because they thought no one cares, no one sees them, no one knows them, no one understands. They're in a world by themselves. And God just used you, influenced by the Holy Spirit, to let that person experience a God who is very much alive and a God who very much wants to touch people's lives. There are many ways that we can be led by the Spirit of God. Let's start by not associating in places and activities that the Holy Spirit doesn't associate in. And as we start to do that, we will be more and more prone as we line ourselves up with the Word of God to hear and be led by the Holy Spirit of God. If you want that to increase in your life, Every eye closed. If you want that to increase in your life, would you raise your hand right now? I'm going to pray for everyone who raised their hand. Keep it up. Now, Father, I thank you. We're saying yes to the Holy Spirit. I'm, I, I have my hand raised. I want more of you, Holy Spirit. I don't want to be influenced by Rob Scarallo or the world. I want to be influenced by you. I want to be that word of encouragement when somebody needs it. I want to be that word of prophecy when somebody needs it. I want to be that touch of healing when somebody needs it. I want to be that breath of God when someone needs it. Holy Spirit, you see these raised hands. They are saying yes to you. They are opening the door to their everyday life to you. And I pray, Holy Ghost, the same way you gave me this message and the same way they're receiving it. Now, Holy Spirit, during the week, they have given you permission to mess them up in a good way. Speak to them. Be with them. Lead them. Guide them. Direct them. So that we can be more and more the Spirit-filled body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And put your hand down. I'm going to ask you a real quick question, very logical question. If Jesus was on the earth today, would he do what he did 2,000 years ago? All right. I said quick question, not trick question. If Jesus was on the earth today, would he do what he did 2,000 years ago? Yes. He never changes. Okay. We are the body of Christ on earth. We should be doing what his body did 2,000 years ago. Amen. Now, lastly, if you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, that's where it all starts. To be led by the Spirit is first to be born again by Jesus Christ. If you have never asked him in your heart or if you have walked away and backslidden and you want to get that right today, every eye closed, quickly raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to get right with God. I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to ask him to come into my heart. Who's that today? Raise your hand. While every else, I see two people up the back. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? You can put your hands back. A man and a woman, God bless you. And put your hand down. Who else would like to do that today? Amen. That's awesome. Everyone, those of you that raise your hands, whether you're watching online or right here in this building, just like last week, the lady gave her life to Jesus. 
I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me, and especially if you raised your hand, we're going to ask Jesus to come into our heart. Dear God, I believe that you are the one who is talking to me now. You came to earth and took on flesh as Jesus Christ. And Jesus, you died on that cross for my sins and for me. Jesus, I believe you love me. And I want you to come into my heart today, right now. I've made mistakes. And I'm asking you, Jesus Christ, forgive me of all my sins. And more than that, come and live inside of me. Live with me. Yes. I accept you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life and lead me. And I will follow. Amen. Amen. Hey, folks, two people just asked Jesus in their heart. Let's give God the praise.